Good morning, West Park. I do want to first thank Sam and the other pastoral team for their partnership and their leadership in this. It is a real honor and a privilege to serve with them. And I also want to express my deep love for West Park. Um, I've had the rather unique blessing for being, of being here all my life um, and of serving in some capacity on staff here for almost 17 years now. And I can say I love this church and I love the team that I serve with. I can also tell you that I, I'm very humbled and I'm very excited about the opportunity, about the prospect of con- continuing West Park's mission, carrying out West Park's mission of making disciples. Um, I'm excited and humbled and maybe just a little scared, but scared in a good way. You know, the kind of scared that's good for your prayer life. That kind of scared. <laughs> and before I, before I share a little bit of the biblical basis for church planting, I just want to briefly share with you how the Lord has led me, how the Lord's led Sarah and our family in this direction. Looking back, I would say years ago, the Lord put something in my heart for church planting. And, I, and I've wondered, where did this affinity come from? And I, as I've looked back at my story, um, I, I had the opportunity to watch my youth pastor here at West Park um, launch out, be sent out by West Park to plant a church in Southern Ohio, Westchester area. And because of my deep friendship with him, I had a chance to watch um, the difficulties, but even more than that, the great excitement and blessing of seeing a new church come to a new place. And the Lord just put that in my heart as a young man looking for ministry, just a soft spot and affinity for church planting. And for several other reasons as well, um, I would say that church planting somewhere along my journey really became a type of ministry dream. The, the answer to that question, if you could do anything, you know, that kind of question, if you could do anything, what would you do? It doesn't seem like much of a reality, but it became a, a ministry dream. But over the last year or so, as we've really discussed and considered church planting in greater detail, that ministry dream has really become a growing conviction that church planting is biblical and church planting is effective. And as Pastor Sam said, those are the two points that Derek and I really hope to convey to you this morning, why it's right and why it's effective. And even just recently, all the way up to this morning, the Lord has been so good to lead, as he always does, through his word, through prayer, through godly counsel and wisdom, the Lord has been good and kind to lead Sarah and I through growing, a growing sense of peace and also a desire for this work. And he continues to open up doors and opportunities. I look forward to sharing more of that story, but really this morning I want to take a little bit of time to show, with you, show you from Scripture why we have a growing conviction that church planting is right, it's biblical. I'm not sure if you know this or not, but um, church planting has received a lot of attention over the last few years. There's, a, there's an increased um, focus on and interest in church planting. And, and we might ask ourselves, um, when we see something like that, is this just the latest, greatest uh, innovation in the church world? Or is this something different? Is this something that churches everywhere should consider 
and a church like West Park should consider. I recently came across this quote from John Stott as he talked about the church's mission. Listen to this. It's short but powerful. He said, biblical Christians need biblical incentives. Biblical Christians need biblical incentives. He goes on to say that we we must look to God's revelation of himself and of his will in the Bible. To summarize, he says, we must take our cues from the Bible and nowhere else. So when it comes to our mission as a church at West Park, we say, what does the Bible have to say? And we ask ourselves, does does the Bible have anything to say about church planting? Well, not in so many words. Church planting, per se, that language is never used in the Bible. But what we find is this, that church planting is an integral part of fulfilling the Great Commission. All right, I, I want you to hear that, that church planting is an integral part of fulfilling the Great Commission. If you want the shorter version of that, it's this, making disciples involves church planting. What's the Great Commission? Let's think about it together. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The mission of those first disciples and of every disciple since is this, to make disciples by baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to see them grow in the knowledge of and obedience to the commands of Christ. Wow, what a task. That's a huge task. How is that possible? Well, only with the promises found in verse 18 and 20 that we would go in the authority and with the presence of the resurrected Christ. And so we go from Matthew 28 and we say, well, what happened? What happened when these disciples were sent out, commissioned in the power of the Holy Spirit? What happened? Well, Acts chapter two answers the question to what happened. The gospel was preached. Unbelievers were converted. Disciples were baptized and taught to obey Christ. That's exactly what happened. But not only that, not only were disciples made, but a church was planted. This is Acts chapter two, the Jerusalem church. The disciples planted a church. So new disciples were baptized, but baptized into a local church. New disciples were made and established, taught to obey Christ, but that happened in the context of a local church. These new disciples were brought into a community of believers under the authority of the church leadership. Church planting is crucial to making disciples because disciples are made in the local church. Disciples are made in the local church. And what a church it was, right? Jerusalem church, the church that saw 3,000 converted in one day, that's a growing church. What a mega church, instantaneous mega church. And what a model church it was. 
If you were to read uh, Acts chapter two, verses 41 through 47, what you would find is that this is the church that every church aspires to be. What a model church this was. But what we find out in Acts is that this Jerusalem church, this mega church, this first Baptist church, Jerusalem, was not the fulfillment of the Great Commission. It was never intended to be the end of the line. Here we are enjoying the church at Jerusalem. It's everything that we thought it could be, everything we hoped and dreamed it could be. What we find out is that it was not the fulfillment, that the gospel was to continue to go out. And that's exactly what we find in the book of Acts. That this church at Jerusalem planted other churches. As the believers were scattered out of Jerusalem due to persecution that we find in Acts chapter eight, as they go out, they take the gospel with them, they take the mission with them to make disciples, and they plant churches. Churches like the church at Antioch, another amazing church. If you wanna know how amazing it was, all you have to do is look to the leadership. Paul and Barnabas were some of the pastors there. That's a pretty good start on a church, this church at Antioch. But what we find is that churches like Antioch, even these churches were not the end of the line of the Great Commission. They were not the final link in this Great Commission chain, but they were just another link in this chain of making disciples and planting churches. And so what do we find in Acts chapter 13? What do churches like the church at Antioch do? They plant more churches. This Acts 13, this Antioch moment when the church sets aside Paul and Barnabas to go out from Antioch and plant even more churches to make even more disciples. And what we find is that the New Testament pattern continues even today. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the mission is still to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples, to plant churches who will plant churches. A church planter, J.D. Greer, said this. He said, you know, I kind of chuckle when people say that they're a part of a church plant. Why? Because every church member is a part of a church plant. Every church was planted at some point. Even West Park, we could follow our lineage all the way back. All the way back to those New Testament churches who made disciples and planted churches that made disciples and planted churches all the way to this day. And this is West Park's story. Pastor Sam alluded to it, but in 1961, a small group of believers met in a home off Fox, or off, off of Alonis Road, the home of my great uncle, Roy Valentine. It was a home that I spent time in as a child. But in that home, Faith Baptist, that would become West Park, was planted, was birthed. West Park was planted. And by God's grace, West Park has planted. You may not know this, but we've been a part of planting a church in South Knoxville, in the Cincinnati area. We've helped with a church plant in D.C. You've heard in the last few weeks how we've been a part of church planting all over the globe. And by God's grace, West Park will continue to be a part of church planting. 
making disciples who make disciples, planting churches that plant churches both near and far. This was our theme, across the street and around the world. And we'll just give you a reminder that the work across the street is not finished yet. Sometimes we need that reminder. I've come across two statistics that both confirmed one another, that as many as 40 to 50% of Knoxville is unchurched. That's right in the middle of the Bible Belt. In fact, I read another quote from the North American Mission Board that said, really, the, the idea of a Bible Belt is becoming more and more of a myth. That as many as two-thirds of folks that live in the Bible Belt would consider themselves lost. And you say, how could that be? Well, you consider the generation growing up behind a Bible Belt generation and the increased immigrants in our community. We see that the Bible Belt is really fading as more and more are not even willing to bear the name, not even willing to be a nominal Christian. Some of us pastors were talking recently and one stat was thrown out that maybe as many as 70% of Knoxville is not in a church on Sunday morning. Those are the statistics that are real right here. And so I, I agree with Ed Stetzer who writes a lot on church planting. He says, no church should become a cul-de-sac on the Great Commission Highway, right? Think about that. No church should be a cul-de-sac on the Great Commission Highway. We're not the end of the story. By God's grace, we get in on the story of making disciples who make disciples, planting churches who will plant churches. And Derek's gonna come and share part of his story as well as sharing why church planting is one of the best ways, not only biblical, but one of the best ways to continue the work of the Great Commission. Derek. 